0: Greetings, you are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that's Indicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay smith I hope you're well. Hope whatever you're doing, courtesy of this bloody COVID-19 lockdown we're all experiencing, well most places across the globe, except for Sweden, and we talk about that in this episode of the podcast. I hope you're keeping sane, put it that way. Which brings me to the interview subject for this instalment of the show. Zach Anderson is the guitarist and very excellent Is that even correct English? Whatever. In the very excellent Swedish rock and soul outfit, Blues Pills. He is an outstanding guitarist, I must say. So I know most of the people listening to this are right into their heavy and extreme metal. And I am too. Don't get me wrong, as you can clearly tell, because I'm hosting the bloody podcast series. But it's nice to listen to some different things occasionally. And Blues Pills, courtesy of their new album for 2020. Holy moly. Offer that alternative. So let's hear what Zach Anderson, the guitarist in Blues Pills, has to say about their new album and a few other things. Let's go. Hello. Hi Zach, it's Andrew mckay Smith calling for our chat. How are you going? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, what what time, are you in? You're obviously here in Sweden at the moment. So what time is it over there, mate? Oh, uh, ten o'clock. that's oh, a bit early Morning. for you, isn't it? It's bloody early for a rock and roller to be
1: getting up and doing interviews, isn't it? I do know, it's not that too bad. I usually get up, I like, get nine o'clock. But... Fair enough,
0: mate. Yeah, okay. Well, how's um, Sweden, obviously? What time is it there? It's 6pm, so almost the witching hour. Almost. Definitely the witching hour for me, because I've got two kids and I've just cooked them dinner so uh thank god i managed to get that in before our call otherwise i'd be banging on the door and asking me what the hell's going on <laughs> you know so uh, how, how's things in just before we kick things off from the musical perspective mate are you are you in stockholm or are you outside the city
1: uh well i live in a city called Kalsta, wow. which is like quite a small city but it's for sweden i guess it's like a A bit of one of the bigger ones, but it's still, it's not very big. I think it's like a few hundred thousand people.
0: Okay, rightio. Yeah, and and what's the coronavirus situation like in in the city then there, where where you're from? Is it, um, because I know Sweden hasn't done the whole lockdown thing. Is it, has it coronavirus really taken a hold in the city or has it been a bit of that herd immunity thing where it's just a few people getting sick and everybody who, like getting really sick that is and the people who are the majority of people who are getting sick are
1: asymptomatic i mean it it haven't been like feeling like it's out of control or anything like that i mean it's like i don't really know why or anything but i i think maybe it's because in sweden in general people are so like distant to begin with sure but uh but basically i mean it haven't uh i know i know i have one friend who's working at the hospital and he it's not like the hospital have been overwhelmed or anything like that it's it's just mostly been like elderly people there and i mean i've heard of maybe one or two people that were my age that had corona and got healthy again yeah but, uh, but besides that, it's not like you have a feeling that it's like spreading rampantly.
0: Yeah. we well, so, I, th- I think we're about to go back into lockdown, unfortunately. Um, cause, uh, our, one of our States over here, Victoria has, uh, had massive increases, you know, hundreds, two, three, four, five hundred. 500, I think even 600 a day increase and. We're not that we. we, I know there's far more people in Australia than there are in Sweden too, but we people travel a lot, particularly between the major capitals. And I have a feeling our 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 state borders are going to get locked down again, which is a bit unfortunate because of the impact on the economy. But what the hell can we do, mate? You know, it's um, it's it's a bloody pandemic, and we've got to try to get rid of it somehow. But I've I've spoken to a lot of musicians from Sweden. It must be said since this not a lot i shouldn't say but i've spoken to a few put it that way and uh i think sweden might have actually got the the approach correct uh and not locked down the economy the way australia and new zealand and i know well new zealand has bugger all population so they're not really a a good example but uh for us who does we've got 25 million people or so it's a tough one mate because yeah. i know people in nursing homes are dying and uh People, yeah, there's even babies that have got got it who are struggling. I think it's uh, it's that balance between societal welfare and ensuring that we don't go into massive amounts of debt as a country and as states, um, and our children's children will end up paying it off because I think that's actually what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really it's a really weird situation. <laughs> it seems up, like right, no one, yeah. no one, has the answers. I guess.
0: I know. I just hope... You know what I just hope? I just hope it's not all a big con, and I don't think it is, but the reality is people far more people die of influenza every year, and it targets virtually the same people, vulnerable people who have medical conditions and elderly, yet we don't lock down for that. So uh, i I tell you what I do think should happen if, it's, if, if this global investigation outside of the World Health Organization goes ahead, because they're useless. China should be made to pay repatriations to countries for this because they did lie about it. There's no question about that. They absolutely lied about it, and we could have got on top of it before it got to this point if they were in step with the global community and they were acting as a diligent global citizen and informed countries that their citizens who were travelling out were carrying this bloody thing because that's how it started, of course. And I I don't think there's any doubt it started there. It 100% started in China, but it's just whether or not now... It started in a laboratory, or whether or not it was did come from the wet market, but certainly the, the, the credible intel that I'm getting a hold of as a journalist is that it did start in a laboratory. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, mate. But uh, Mate, we're not going to solve the world's problems between you and I. Let's talk about the music, because I do enjoy <laughs> what you guys do. And, and I tell you, it was uh, Heidi Solheim from Pristine. I had a chat to her a few years ago, and we talked about you guys. And that was my introduction to you. And you are one of the two rock and soul bands, the other one, of course, being Heidi's Pristine, that Nuclear Blast have signed, which is incredibly interesting because I think Nuclear Blast did that before Earache went on their binge of signing similar groups to you guys like Rival Sons um, and Blackberry Smoke. So metal fans have effectively taken to the sort of music that, that you're creating. And it's not just metal fans, though. it's It's rock fans, too, but... Look, this new album, holy moly, it's a cracker. And my take on it is that, and I, I know, look, apologise if you've heard this before, but look, if anybody, I, I plan on releasing this as a podcast, if that's okay, episode of my podcast. But if anybody loves that's Led correct. Zeppelin, look, Cream, Leonard Skinner, even Early Rainbow uh, or, or uh, Deep Purple, this album is an incredibly worthy addition to your collection. So I guess my my first question for you, mate, would be that, you work hard on these things and you put your your soul into it. So uh, did it turn out the way you hoped it would?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, like when we went into it, I don't think we really had any expectations of like where it was going to go, to be honest, because we were starting with sort of almost like this clean slate since the band had quite a long break before that. And then, We went through some lineup changes and and everything Mm -hmm. so that it ended up being like two or three years of a break in between albums and when it's that long when we when we finally came back and started to work on this album it sort of almost felt like it was just like a new band just beginning in a way and so it was really like just this fresh uh fresh fresh take on it i guess just fresh take on the band in some way so for sure yeah. i think when we we when we when we started the process we just we just sort of told ourselves that we should just go in the studio and just write songs and just let it happen whatever whatever happens comes out and and that's what we did
0: you're right about it almost being a new band because you, you, you're you a bass player who evidently plays guitar excellently, so I can identify with that a little bit, although I'm nowhere near the guitarist you are because I play both as well, but I'm a principally a bass player. And you you played bass on every recording up until this one, so what happened? Did Dorian step out of the band before the recording got underway and were you forced to record everything yourself? And if that's not the way it all worked out, can you tell me what what happened with the band members stepping out and inspiring you to switch from bass to the guitars for the recording?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, he was gone quite a, uh, quite long before we even started the album. I can't remember exactly, like, amounts of time, but it had been a while. And, he, and then when he left, like, I think in the beginning, it, it wasn't that I sort of decided immediately or we didn't decide immediately that I would like switch to the guitar. We did consider other guitarists and things, but then at the, I guess the decision sort of came down to the fact that, well, it's been me and Elin are the ones who formed the band and also like have written all the songs since the beginning. And so when we started writing songs again, we didn't, we didn't want to like wait for finding another band member to start writing songs. And then since we had already started this process, it's like, well, I'm already writing the songs and playing the guitar on the demos, So why, why make things more difficult? Maybe we should just continue in this direction. And so I started to like, I guess the biggest change for me was, of course, that I started to just put more focus into practicing the lead guitar specifically.
0: Was that... It might, sorry for, again if it's an obvious question but I know for me it takes quite a while for me to build up my guitar chops after I've been playing bass did, did you find that was the case and, and did you find that was it one of those situations where you were playing bass on the guitar so to speak or were or you naturally
1: a guitarist as well I mean I, I guess the thing is that I've been playing guitar the whole time like when I write when i've written songs even when i played bass in the band i always wrote songs on the guitar okay so like it was that that part of it was comfortable but it was was mainly like the lead guitar because you know when dorian was in the band i i still wrote the songs basically but like when it came to soloing i could just sort of say to him like yeah take a solo there and i didn't have to worry about it you know Sure. Yeah. And then now I had so so it was it was mainly just like the lead guitar playing that I had to like really focus on and build that up. But uh, otherwise, it wasn't like a massive transition. You know, it was it was mainly just that with the lead guitar playing. You know, you know what is interesting
0: uh, listening to you. Your comments there, so I could hear that you'd written the earlier albums because there's really no change in style between previous albums and this one here. And as you well know, so say for example, I'm just going to pick a band where they where, where they where they switch guitarists, Faith No More. You could absolutely hear when Jim Martin stepped out of the band because he has an in, inimitable style. But in in your case, it's clearly evident, even without like for me as a musician, I could hear that it was you writing the stuff before. Because there's not that change in style and direction that other bands have have experienced. So, do you think do you think that'll change moving forward? That that you'll just stick with the band as it is right now, or is that is that the hope that you'll just leave the lineup as it is and you'll just play the guitars live and you'll keep the bass player that
1: you've got? Yeah, well, I certainly hope so. But uh, I think that was like the also a bit of the plan when I switched to the guitar. That was like one thing we did that was part of like the decision was that it felt like a future proof solution because yeah it's like as i said since me and edlin formed the band we're kind of like the core members and then if i switch to the guitar then we never have to worry about a guitar player ever again basically so Hmm. so yeah i think i think this uh this lineup to be last thing for sure I mean I know so far we're really satisfied with the new bass player Christopher so, and he's okay. also a, a friend he's been a friend since years before he joined the band so it's, it's also nice when you have someone that you already know on a personal level
0: it, it absolutely is it makes things a lot easier yeah when you understand their personality and their in, in, uh, idiosyncrasies uh, prior to going on tour so Sweden as we've already discussed isn't in lockdown so have you had an opportunity to perform parts of Holy
1: Moly live yet? Uh, no well not really live we did like a couple of live streams and we but at that time we only were like allowed to play I think two or three songs because those were just the singles that were out that were, we've already released and the they didn't want us to like give away all the songs from the album yet, but yeah. We uh so but besides that, I mean we have we rehearsed the songs so we've been practicing sometimes when we can, not as not practicing as often as we normally would, but but when we do practice we're mostly practicing all the new songs so hmm. we're we're playing it we're playing it live for ourselves
0: anyway. <laughs> yeah i like what you did with guitar world by the way with low road i thought that was excellent i love when guitar world get an artist such as yourself i I grew up i'm 42 so i've grown up listening to the greats you know the the satrianis and the vise and stuff but frankly i'm over them and something that I was talked about with uh marcus jadel of course from avatarium one of your fellow countrymen, I think thinks a magnificent guitarist you know is that they need to guitar world and guitar player and all of these guitar centric they're not magazines anymore, as we know. They're social media accounts, but they need to be giving you guys more exposure. To me, they actually have an obligation to be able to do that. So, did you did
1: you enjoy doing that for Guitar World? Yeah, I mean that was pretty cool. To when you're when I was younger, you sort of saw Guitar World as like the biggest name in guitar in some way. It felt like only, like only, only the legends were featured there. So it was a bit surreal in a way to be making anything for them. Or so that was cool. I think when I, I remember as a kid, like getting Guitar World magazines and learning songs from there and stuff. So Likewise, that was fun for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's awesome. You're in it now. You've made the grade. (laughs) So, it's it's fantastic to see, mate. I I love it when passionate musicians such as yourself are able to be recognised by these publications and then people who otherwise would not have heard you are introduced to you because, as we know, the musician audience, so people who listen to music, which is pretty much the category that I fall into, I listen to not necessarily just bands, but I actually love listening to individual musicians. So say, for example, uh, whenever I'm listening to Morbid Angel, by and large, I'm listening to Trey's guitar playing. Of course, there's so much other wonderful stuff around it with David's vocal and uh, Pete's drumming and some of the new guys that they've got in the band. But I really do focus on the uh, the musician's performance. And with I've got to say, with Blues Pills, Elon is a fantastic singer, but I'm actually listening to you. So I'm I'm trying to figure out why you made decisions that you did sort of amps that you use, the sort of guitars that you decided that you wanted to use for different tracks. So, can you tell me about the the guitars that you decided to use, the brands of guitars that you decided to use and why you decided to use them on
1: the album? Yeah, uh, I guess the the main guitars that I used were... uh, well, I have an American professional Stratocaster, just like a pretty new one, which I like a lot because I—I uh, I mean, I've been into all kinds of vintage stuff since uh, since I was a teenager, and I have lots of vintage stuff as well. But but uh, I think with the new American vendors, they they've gotten really good in the last few years for some reason i don't know i don't know why exactly but Mm. there's something about them that i just feel like i it almost feels to me like similar to a a vintage instrument but just being brand new like with the way the pickups sound and the bodies feel and everything so i really love that uh, american professional series like there's something as well about just the the shape of the body that I feel like they got it right because it felt like for a lot of years Stratocasters the like the contours in the body weren't really right like the old one. I agree. Yes, they were kind of like chunkier or something. And but so yeah. Anyway, that I was used the Fender about fifty percent, and then when I wanted like a something a bit thicker sounding, I had this uh, course off Les Paul with P90 pickups. So it's a bit of a, it's probably mostly P90 and uh, Stratocats are like single coils on the album. Nice. And, and But then I guess there was a few other weird, you know, just like random guitars thrown in there for certain parts. If I needed a, another sound, there's other guitars laying around the studio that I would pick up. Like I know I used this Hoffner 173, which kind of looks like a Stratocaster, but it's more like weird and funky looking with three humbucker pickups. Yeah. I'm using that guitar in the... Proud Woman music video. It's like a white Hofner, and then I also used uh, sometimes. I know I used just uh, SG with humbuckers as well if I wanted humbucker sound. Yeah,
0: gotcha. In the in the video for Low Road, the one that you did for Guitar World, what sort of a it's it's doesn't I mean it looks like a Les Paul, but I don't think it is a Les Paul, is it? It's something else.
1: Um which uh which so video the,
0: the uh six the sick riffs one that you did for guitar world where you're playing low road and it looks like you're oh, playing yeah. A, yeah
1: yeah 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 that's the uh that's uh corsa the it's like just a les paul copy okay. it's a yeah. brand called it's a the brand it's a guy called larry corsa and he makes uh like hand built les pauls and sure. They, I think his goal, like his, uh, I think his big idol is Peter Green. So he sort of designs. I think he started out customizing Gibsons and making (laughs) the pickups to try to be, try to come as close to Peter Green's tone as he could. So that was kind of how he got started, and then he started to build build his own guitars and. Okay, fair
0: enough. Hey, look, I'll just do a time check. I know John's allocated twenty minutes to me, but do you have somebody calling through now, or can we can we chat a bit longer?
1: Uh, I think I have until thirty, so we got
0: eight minutes. Eight to minutes. go. Okay, rightio. So, did you use did you use actual amps, or did you
1: use a camper or, or something like that? Uh no. It's it's uh, the main amp on the album is a Gibson from the 60s, it's Gibson nice. Ranger. It's like a 4x10 yeah. combo amp. Yeah. And then I also was using one Silver Tone. I can't remember the model number exactly, but it's like this a small just a small 1x12 combo Silver Tone amp from the 60s as well. And uh yeah, those were the two main ones. Yeah, and was there a reason
0: why you use them specifically? I mean obviously vintage gear has uh well the right vintage gear has an unbelievable sound. And is that just what it came down to? You just identified that the sound was gonna produce the best
1: results for you. Yeah, well like especially that Gibson amp, I've had that one since I was since I was like eighteen years old. So there's just something it's probably just one of those things where I got used to the sound and now it just like sounds right to me. And whenever I use a lot of other amps, it just n- never feels right because it has quite like a distinct tone to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and was so it... I, I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things where I've like grown attached to it. To be honest, but you're
0: used to what it sounds like. I get that. See, I use Gallian Kruger bass amplification, and I—I I mean, there's better stuff out there. I know that, but I'm so used to in terms of you know probably reliability. To be honest with you and and stuff, but. Um the the like to... it's a, you
1: know, it's a little you... bit funny though, because whenever I like Google that amp, then all I read is people saying that it sounds like shit and stuff, so <laughs> yeah, well, they're not using Everyone. it well, that's the point they they don't understand it you've, you've well the interesting thing
0: is you just told me you got it when you were eighteen and you've grown up with it, and so you've learned how to use it you've learnt it's you've learned how to bring its full colours to life, so that makes complete sense, yeah you know and and did you have to was it a, did you use mini effects cuz it doesn't sound like you have it just sounds like you've driven the amplifier and you've got this killer sound out of it because that's i think that's what I sort of like about your playing is it's really it's playing that sounds like it's coming directly from the fingers
1: yeah i do use pedals but like especially when i'm recording it's pretty minimal because i i usually don't have like my whole pedal board hooked up i maybe just take one pedal at a time and uh, yeah. I know I like I use the I use booster pedals quite a bit so that it's more just boosting into the amp. Like I use
0: yeah. an
1: MXR micro amp a lot. That's probably probably on like every song actually. Even when I have like a cleaner tone, I usually have the micro amp on when I'm recording. Hmm. Okay.
0: And yeah.
1: then I also use uh, like a a treble booster. Sometimes like it's a uh, jam pedal treble booster, but when I'm using that one, I I have it on like the bass setting, so it's, it's the more like thicker sounding. I can hear that. It's, it's yeah. not really, it's not really boosting the treble on that setting, but
0: yeah. Okay, gotcha. Mate, these, these conversations are over way too quickly, especially when I'm speaking to an expert guitarist such as yourself. So, look, good luck with everything. Uh, well, you know, with this bloody COVID thing is all said and done. I truly hope you guys and, and um, Heidi and, and her band can come down to Australia as some sort of a, a, you know, a double bill Sweden extravaga- Swedish extravaganza. I truly love that. So, look, congratulations on, on what you've done here across yeah, your so new much. album, Holy Moly. And uh, you're a tremendous guitarist, mate. So long may you continue to play the rock and blues and soul as you have. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, brother. All the best All right. and everything.
1: Hey, take care. Bye.
0: You too. Catch ya. Well, there it is, the rock and sweet himself, Zach Anderson from Blues Pills. My name's Andrew Mackay smith and thank you so much for listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. Please tune in again.